everything that the devil could bring to us. You overcame Jesus. Oh, we worship you in this house. Come on, let's worship. We worship the living God. We worship the God as the only overcomer. He's the only overcomer. Oh, we believe everything that you have said to us, Jesus. We believe everything you say to us today, Lord. We know your voice and another we will not follow. Come on, let's confess that this morning. We know your voice, Jesus, and another we will not follow. We are the sheep and you are the good shepherd, oh God. And we hear your voice. Your voice has authority. And we listen to your voice. And we know Okay. 
Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, we exalt you in this place. I just think that we got to give God a breakthrough praise moment. Hallelujah. We're not down, we're up. Come on, we got a breakthrough praise. Press into God with your praise. Christ Jesus, we can celebrate the win because it's already here. It doesn't matter what battle you face, you've already won. Why? You've got Jesus in your heart. You've got the winner in your heart. You've got the winner in your life. Thank you, Jesus. You've got to see yourself as already winning. David brought that bread and cheese to the battlefield, he arrived as a winner. Everybody else thought he was making the delivery, and he was. He was delivering, but he was delivering. I'm telling you, if you can win delivering bread and cheese, come on. Hallelujah. Welcome the champion in our midst. You, you are the champion over death, hell, and the grave. And we are honored to have you speak to us. Oh, don't get caught up in the mess. For if you listen to your father, he will show you what's best. Keep your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. Draw your ears close to his voice. He knows the best way. He knows how to give you rest so that you're ready to pass every test. So be calm and be still and let your focus be your Father's will. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. You may have your seats. And we are so glad that you're here. Those of you that are here in person and those of you that are watching, it is Communion Sunday. 
And we're going to celebrate uh, communion together. Pastor Nelson's going to lead us in uh, communion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, it might be turned off up here. All right. Good morning. So we have a great God, don't we? Yes. <laughs> he is mighty. He had the ultimate plan, didn't he? Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out onto the cross. So now we can be a free people. Free of all penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free, we're abundantly free. See, the Lord, he thought of everything, provided for everything we can possibly ever need. Letting us on the plans he took such a delight in making. See, God intended communion to be an intimate time for believers through fellowship with, with our Lord Jesus. So Jesus became the final sacrifice, the spotless lamb of God offered to take away the sins of the world. See, God created the Lord's Supper for that reason. So when we receive it, we should plan to partake of everything that Jesus has sacrificed, provided, he provided salvation. He gave us peace of mind. He gave us healing and total prosperity he gave us. In John 6.35, this is what the Lord says. He says, I am the bread of life. Jesus told them, no one comes to me will ever be hungry again. And no one believes, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. So 1 Corinthians 11, 23-25, this is what the Lord Jesus said. The same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he broke it, he gave thanks. And he said, take eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. And do this remembrance of me. Take and eat. And after the same manner, also he, he took the cup when she had stuff from it, saying, This is the cup in the New Testament, is my blood, this is for you. As often as you drink it, in remembrance of me, take and drink. Father, we just thank you for these. You are you are worthy to be praised, and you are mighty indeed. We thank you for the ultimate plan that you had for us to be with you for eternity, Father. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ready to proclaim the, Lord, the, the word of the Lord? This is our brand new confession for this uh, quarter. And it has to do with the greatness of God. Yes. And uh, so this is officially our first Sunday back. Yes. For the new year because last Sunday 
we weren't here. But we're back for Sunday. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's make our confession together. We, we worship an awesome, awesome God. God. Okay, we, I want to make sure you're there. Sorry. <laughs> let's start over. We, we worship, worship an, an awesome, awesome God. God. The, the great, great and amazing God is among us. Our God reigns supreme. He is the God of gods and Lord of lords. God is great, mighty, and awesome. Our God stands alone. He is the one and only rock of our salvation, our chief cornerstone and our firm foundation. We are safe and secure in Him. Our God is the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets. He shows us things that are hidden. God is our Father. Jesus is our Lord, and His Holy Spirit is our partner working in us, and in Him we live, move, and have our being. We are redeemed by God who does great and awesome things. God strengthens and empowers us, and we bless His holy name. All things are under His feet, and Jesus is the head of all things to the church. God, our Savior, alone is wise. To Him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, now and forever. Amen. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising Word of God. To build a strong body of believers. And to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victor Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I have to tell you my favorite part in the new confession. Uh, hold, on a, yeah. hold on a second. I'll get it for you. It's the second slide. Well, it's on my paper. Our God is the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets. He shows us things that are hidden. Do you know as a believer you have this and the enemy doesn't? Jesus paraded the power of God, talked about what was going to happen, Talked about what he was going to do to the enemy, and the devil still didn't know it was Jesus. Until he crucified him, and he rose again, and when he went and got the keys, then he figured it out. But what I'm saying is, we can sometimes think that the playing field is equal, but it is not. Because... You could carry out God's plan of victory right in front of the enemy, and he has no idea that he's being defeated right there. So don't forget that when you watch what's happening in the world, when you watch what's happening in your family line, when you watch what's happening to everybody else, remember you have God who is the revealer of secrets. Ask him to reveal secrets to you. So things aren't hidden from you like they are from the enemy. That's my thing for Amen. today. <laughs> Before we just uh, 
dismiss our kids, I want to just uh, share something with you from Nehemiah, chapter 13. And we're going to start with verse 10. What did Nehemiah do? He rebuilt God's city walls. And he did it in the midst of testing. He, the enemy just didn't say, okay, it's so nice that you're building this wall. Right? They literally had to work with a tool in one hand and a sword on their side. And they had to be ready to slap mud or fight a foe. Right? And in verse 10 of Nehemiah chapter 13, it says this, And I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them. For the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled everyone to his field. This contended I with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together, and I set them in their place. You know, sometimes you've got to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. Right? Then brought all Judah the tithe of the corn and the new wine and the oil unto the treasuries. Not just one treasury, treasuries. And I made treasurers, plural, over the treasuries. And all those people, uh, Shelemiah the priest, and Zadok the scribe, and of the Levites, uh, Pedadiah. And the next to them was uh, Hanan, uh, the son of Zakur, uh, the son of uh, Mataniah. For they were counted faithful, and their office was to distribute unto their brethren. Remember me, O God, concerning this, and wipe out... Uh, Wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for the offices. Aren't you glad that Nehemiah respected the house of God and the offices of God? Amen. And when something wasn't being done, uh, he told them that it needed to be done and all of Judah responded. Amen. And so here at VCF, we have a giving container. That's a seed planter. And you can put that in any time during the service. And if you're watching us uh, through Facebook, you can do that online. Go to our website or you can mail it in. However you want to do it, there's a way for you to do it. But it's so important to do it. Amen. Does God get leftovers? No, God gets the first slice. If you bake a pie, God gets the first slice and then you can enjoy the rest. But if you take the first slice, if you take God's slice, the rest is not going to taste good. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise for these awesome, great givers here. And we thank you, Lord, for all of those who partner with VCF. And we thank you, Lord, that when they invest into your kingdom, Lord, you bring a multiplied return. You bring a rich return. You provide for them, you protect them, and you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. And this week, uh, we have our youth group. And that's at, what, 630? 6.30 Tuesday, our youth group, woohoo. And then ladies, first, first woven of 2021, are you ready, ready ladies, this Friday at 6 p.m.? Women of victory who enjoyed, huh? New life. Going to be great, ladies, right? So uh, that's what's going on. And then our Wednesday night refreshing 
service on Wednesday, uh, you know, get in on it something, amen? And, uh, you know, sometimes with God, a little dab just won't do you, right? So, uh, hallelujah. All right, we got some awesome kids in this place. Kids who are living in faith every day. Kids' life and teachers of our kids' life. Are you ready, teachers? Are you ready, kids? Come on. Have a great class, kids. Experience the goodness of God. Father, we release the power of the Holy Spirit in our kids' life class. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. What a delight it is to gather together as the body of Christ. You know, God has an anointing, but there's also a corporate anointing. It's something that is experienced when God's people come together. And uh, he made it that way, and um, God has invested a lot in his church. Amen? If you're going to buy something with your blood, you're pretty serious about it, right? And uh, he put all of his goods in the church, and uh, the church is his body, and uh, the church is his bride. So it's so important. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 28. And uh, we started talking about uh, five factors that are going to help the church, help VCF in the future, right? And God is preparing us with these five factors so that you can have a stellar year. How many want a stellar year, right? Do you realize we get to set the course of our year, that no matter what comes, we're going to overcome, amen? We're going to rise above. We're going to uh, meet every challenge victoriously, gloriously, and triumphantly. Amen? And God is going to make up the difference wherever we're we're missing something. Right? And uh, we just got to prepare ourselves. So these five factors are, number one, preaching the gospel. The gospel is the foundation. It is the message. It is the good news message of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And that is the message. That God wants proclaimed in all the world. Number two is the authority of a believer. God wants believers to walk in authority. Amen. You've been authorized by God the Father and Jesus Christ, his son. And uh, he wants us to, And then we have to have spiritual knowledge. God wants us to increase in spiritual knowledge. Everybody say spiritual knowledge. You know, natural knowledge is good. But spiritual knowledge is better. And the combination of the two is most necessary. Then uh, the fourth thing that's going to help us is praise and worship. Oh, our praise and worship is so important. And uh, then the Holy Spirit and his power and anointing. And uh, so today we're going to talk about the authority. How God wants you to walk in authority in your life. And Jesus says something interesting here in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Matthew 28 and verse 18. And Jesus came 
and spoke unto them. Has Jesus said something to you? Has he spoken something to you? He said, now he was communicating to his disciples, but it's true for us today. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Some translations say all authority. And then he says something very interesting. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Now, Jesus... There's no debate, there's no argument that he has all the authority and all the power. His name is the greatest name above every other name. Amen? He's over every dominion, every power, every authority, and he puts it all under his feet, right? But then he says to his disciples, go ye. Now, he wouldn't tell you go ye unless he gave you the power to go. Unless he gave you the power to do what you're supposed to do when you go. To to do what you're supposed to do when you get to where you're going. Amen? Did you know that you have authority while you go? In other words, God's given you divine authority to accomplish the assignment that he's given to you. Amen? Everyone in this room has an assignment from God. You were born into this world with your assignment. And when you got born again, you started the process of discovering what that assignment was. It could be to start a business. It could be to have a family. It could be to start a school. It could be to do this or do that or do something else. Amen? Say, I have an assignment from God. And if you don't know what that assignment is, You need to seek God and ask him for it, and he'll show you. So he gives you authority to accomplish your assignment. And he gives you authority to accomplish his mission. Wherever he sends you to to go, and whatever he tells you to do, you have the authority to do that. And you have the authority to withstand anything that would try to interrupt God's mission for you. Amen? Aren't you glad that we have authority? We have authority in God. He is our Father. We have authority in Jesus. He is our Lord and Savior. He's given us the ability to use His name. Jesus said, when you pray to the Father, pray in my name. Do this in my name. Baptize in my name. Do this in my name. Amen? We have the authority to use the name of Jesus. And when we use the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus is right there. That's why we can't use his name lightly. We have to show respect, reverence, and honor to his name. Amen? So we have authority in the Holy Spirit. And we have authority... To use the word of God. These divine, precious promises that have been given to us are tools. And we can, we have been given the access code to heaven's vaults. 
You can go into heaven anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Does that mean you physically go to heaven? No. You can go there in the spirit. You can go there through prayer. And you can get whatever you need from heaven. Because the access code is J-E-S-U-S. You've been authorized. God set up an account in your name. And you can make a withdrawal on that account anytime you, you are an authorized signer of a heavenly account that God established for you. Go to Luke chapter 20. Luke chapter 20. And it came to pass that on one of those days, say today is that day, as he taught the people in the temple, are you being taught today? And I can assure you, I'm not teaching on my own. I am in a close partnership with the Holy Ghost. And I ask God what he wants to say to his people. And he always knows the right thing to say. I'm a firm believer that Father knows best. He taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel. And the chief priests and the scribes came unto him with the elders, a bunch of religious people who were supposed to know the law. Okay? And spoke unto him saying... Tell us, by what authority do you do these things? Or who is he that gave you this authority? So they recognized that when Jesus spoke, he had authority. Right? He taught different than the scribes. He taught, it wasn't a religious mindset that he taught from. He, his teaching was full of life. His teaching would bring healing to sick bodies. His teaching would cause demons to say something and get cast out. And they, were, they couldn't figure out by what authority he was operating by. Well, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Amen? I mean, even Nicodemus who was a teacher of law, he said, we know you're a teacher sent from God because no one can do these things except God sent him. But these eggheads here, they couldn't figure out by what authority, and they're supposed to represent God. And they didn't even know by what authority the author of faith was speaking. And they wanted to figure out by what authority. Hallelujah. So, he didn't tell them. And uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Are you doing good this morning? Are you excited about Jesus? Get excited about what he's going to be doing through you, in you, and to you this year. 
Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 to 9. He made himself of no reputation. You know, if you, if you want to exercise authority, you can't have the authority of your reputation. That's insufficient. Your reputation might be good, and it's good to have a good reputation, but you can't do things based on the authority of your reputation. So he made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant. You know that the greatest thing that God wants you to do with your authority that he's given you is to serve. The greatest thing that you can do with the authority from heaven is to serve others. Amen? You guys didn't get so excited about serving others. I think we need to change our mindset about, oh, serving others. Do you realize Jesus was a servant? Being a servant is not a bad thing. He took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Can you imagine what it was like from leaving heaven to coming here? And going from an unlimited body to a limited body. Going from no darkness to darkness. Going from no sorrow to sorrow. Going from no pain to pain. Do you realize in Jesus, no one betrays one another. No one hates one another. There's no evil in heaven. And he left there to come here. Why? Because he had a mission. His mission was to atone for our sins. Was to take away the sins of the world. Was to redeem mankind and restore a right relationship with God. He, had, he was authorized by God to do this. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. That's authority. Authority exalts you. And God highly exalted him. Do you realize he served and God exalted? There's something in that. Man wants to strive for a position, but God wants you to strive to serve. And when you strive to serve, he'll raise you to the position. Amen? God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That's authority. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Demons flee at his name. Hallelujah. And he's given us this same authority. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse 28. Genesis chapter 1. And this is what it says. And God blessed them. Say, I'm blessed. Blessed is, is the Amplified says, to be given 
certain authority. See, I've been given certain authority by God. You know, a blessing is an empowerment. Right? When a father blessed his firstborn son, he empowered him by giving him a double portion of the inheritance. And he was then to build the legacy of the family that had already been established. He was to build on that. And he was authorized and empowered to do that. So God blessed us. He gave us certain authority. Right? And he said, see, whenever he gives you authority, he gives you direction on how to use that authority. Be fruitful. Does that sound like a suggestion? Say, God wants me to be fruitful. What does that mean? He wants you to increase. He wants you to produce spiritual fruit. He wants you to produce spiritual kids. He wants you to do what he's told you to do in this, in this earth. Amen. That's being fruitful, doing God's will, being fruitful. Then he said, and multiply. It's still a command. God wants you to multiply. He wants you to make more of what you have. Amen? What did God do with the, when he gave the talents? Did he just expect the talents to be given back to him? No. He expected what? Increase. And he celebrated the ones that increased. And he uh, punished the ones that didn't. Right? Okay. Then he says, replenish the earth. You know, God wants to populate this earth with, with disciples. That's why Jesus said, I have all authority and power in heaven and earth. Go and make disciples. We populate the earth by making disciples. By turning people to the hearts, turning their hearts to God. Amen. That's how we populate the earth. He's not just talking about physical population. He's also talking about spiritual population. How do we do that? We've been authorized as messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he wants us to subdue. That means you have authority to overcome anything that tries to interrupt your assignments. That tries to interrupt what God has told you to do. Amen? You're supposed to subdue it. Do you realize Goliath paralyzed an entire army for 40 days? No one made any progress. There was nothing being achieved, nothing being done, except everybody being intimidated. Oh, there's a giant there. I mean, there wasn't one soldier willing to do anything. The king wasn't willing to do anything. He, he allowed him and his army to be fearful. There's no progress. They were stuck. How many have ever been stuck? You know, you, don't, you can't seem like you're moving forward. You're just stuck, right? And then along comes David with his cart or whatever he had, right? He's just delivering some supplies. And the moment he hears the Tone of the enemy, something rises up in him with the authority. And the authority said, that ought not be. It's time for someone to subdue. And David, immediately, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Then he said, what is the man going to get that beats him? 
Right? How many know authority has a reward? And then his brother, Eliab, tried to intimidate him. He's like, who'd you leave those little sheep with? Like, he was taking care of his father's sheep, Eliab's father's too. But he, see, Eliab is mad because David is willing to do what he's not willing to do. And David just said, what have I done with you? You know, don't spend more time with a critic than you would a friend. If you're getting advice from someone, don't care who it is, I don't care if it's a relative, but if they're going against God's word, you reject it. Can I get an amen on that? And David... Went and told the king, I'll, I'll, I'll go fight him. He was the only one in 40 days. That's over a month. What were they doing for a month? Just camping out? Eating donuts? Making s'mores? I mean, you can only sharpen your spear so many times. Once it's sharp, it's sharp. It's time to use it. Amen? David knew who he was in Christ. And he went under the authority of the name of God. And of his covenant, of his word, of his promises. David exercised the name and he exercised the promises. And he knew because Goliath didn't have a covenant with God, he's already whooped. David knew the power of his covenant. His agreement with God. And he exercised that authority. And what happened? You know, okay. You know, he got resistance from the king. Oh, you're too young. Has anybody ever told you that you can't do something based on your age? Don't listen to him. If God told you to do it, you can do it no matter what age you are. Come on. Amen. Amen. Age has nothing to do with it. Faith does. It's what you can believe. It's what you can... Uh, you know, what, what you stand on. And they tried to put his armor on him. But David hadn't proved that armor. He tried it on. And he was like, oh, I can't move. It's too big. You know, he didn't know how to fight with the armor. He knew how to fight with a sling. And David was a marksman with a sling. And he fought a lion. He fought, everybody say, a lion. a lion. How many people go pick fights with lions? But you mess with the sheep, you're getting a fight with me. Yeah. I like what Brother Copeland said. He was talking about um, his wife, Gloria, and he said, you know, if you, if you come against her, he said, I might be 83, but the Spirit of God's going to come on me. You're going to have the worst day ever. <laughs> Amen. So David exercises authority. And in doing so, he took out Goliath. He silenced the threat of the enemy. Why? That was his assignment. His father assigned him that, but God also assigned him because this was his entrance to the kingship. Amen? Go with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. 
You doing good this morning? If you're not, you're getting better as we go. Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. And uh, verse uh, 35. Mark 4, verse 35. And the same day... When evening was come, <laughs> Jesus was a worker. Amen? They had just ministered and evening had come in. He said to them, who said to them? Who's he? He's Jesus. Okay? Notice what he said. Let us pass over unto the other side. Jesus made it very clear. He said, let us pass. He did not say, let us go a quarter of the way. He did not say, let us go halfway. He did not say, let us almost get there. He said, let us pass over to the other side. Jesus empowered them and authorized them to go from point A to point B until they got to point B. Amen? Who is Jesus? He is the Word of God. He is the Word made flesh. He is Bible man. Okay? And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other ships. Say other ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. Uh-oh. Do you mean to tell me that something is going to challenge your mission? I've heard people say, well, God said, God does not send storms. If that were the case, then Jesus would have rebuked his father. Amen? What was the word? What was the word to them? Come on. Go to the other side. All of them, right? Let us. Plural. Okay? So, they're obeying the word. Did you know that when you step out and obey the word, you can expect challenges to come up? Why? Challenges give you a testimony. Amen? So there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Uh-oh. Now it's not just the wind, it's the waves. The boat's taking on water. Some people may have felt like they're in a storm in this country. The boat's taking on water. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Everybody say, don't worry. Be strong in faith. Okay? And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. How can you sleep when your boat is experiencing wind and waves are coming? You can sleep because you gave the word. 
And you stand by your word. Come on. It doesn't matter if a storm rose up. We're going to get to the other side. It doesn't matter if a black hole opens up. We're going to get to the other side. It doesn't matter what comes against us. I'm getting to the other side. They've already been authorized by the word to do something. And they awoke him, saying unto him, Master... Do you, don't you care that we perish? What kind of a question is that to Jesus? Don't you care? Hello, folks. I've come from heaven. I've come to save you. I've come to obey to death. Why do you think Jesus was asleep? Because he wanted them to exercise his word. He what? Yeah, he was tired. (laughs) What a revelation. I'm tired. Well, there's a cure for that. But I thought Jesus was God. He doesn't get tired. No, he's a man who's also God, but he's a man. He's got flesh and blood. Just like you. Say, just like me. And he arose. And rebuke the wind. Why did he have authority to rebuke the wind? Because he already spoke the word and said, we're going to the other side. That means no obstacle that comes up in your way is going to stop you from getting to the other side. It could try, but it won't succeed. A weapon can be formed against you, but it's going to misfire. Amen? No weapon formed against you. doesn't say the weapon is not pointed at you. doesn't say... that. The, He's ready to fight. Just, the weapon formed against you will not prosper. It will not succeed. It'll be like Elmer Fudd blowing up in his face against Bugs Bunny. Ooh, that wasco rabbit. And he said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so what? Do you realize if you're fearful, you can't be faithful? Fear and faith cannot reside in the same place. So because they allowed fear to grip their heart, they couldn't exercise faith. Come on. How many times did Jesus say, do not fear? How is it that you have no faith? Everybody say no faith. Was that what they wanted to hear? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man this is that even the wind and the sea obey him? Would the sea and the wind would have, would have obeyed them? Yes, because they had the authority. They were authorized by the word to go to the other side. It doesn't matter what comes up in the way. Amen. Whatever God authorizes you to do, you can do. The very fact that he's telling you to do it, he's already given you the authority. He's already given you the ability. He's already given you the power. What did he tell Gideon? Go in this might and deliver your people. Gideon was complaining. Why is this happening to us? Where's the miracles? Did you know miracles don't happen to whiners? 
I've never read in the Bible where someone whined and got a miracle. Miracles don't come through whining. It comes through faith. It comes from doing what God said with boldness and strength and not compromising, not quitting, not stopping, not doing anything until you get it done. Amen? See, I've been authorized because God's given me an assignment. You have all of the authority of heaven backing you up to do what God's told you to do, what he's called you to do. In every day or the big picture. Amen? So, the wind and the waves obeyed him. And uh, when... um, When Moses, go, go with me to Numbers 27. Numbers 27. And then I'm going to share with you a revelation that God shared with me as I was putting this together. Numbers 27 and verse uh, 18. Numbers 27 and verse 18. Why is it important for the church to walk in their authority? Because if you don't, the devil will steal things. The devil is only prevented from stealing things when people walk in their authority for their life. God's given you the power to stop the enemy. Why are so many bad things happening? Because you're letting the devil do it. Brother Hagen told this story. And he had a vision where Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus was talking to him and telling him something. And then all of a sudden, while Jesus is talking to him, this black smoke appeared. And there was like this little, he described it as like a little monkey-like, imp-like creature going, like that. And when the devil was doing this, he couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. And Brother Hagin is thinking, well, I hope Jesus deals something with this. But he didn't. And uh, um, finally, Brother Hagin, I guess he got a revelation and he took authority over that. He said, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. And the smoke disappeared and the, the little creature went kind of crying off. And, and Jesus told Brother Hagin, he said, if you didn't do something about that, I couldn't have. And Brother Hagin said, Lord, I think I, I, I didn't hear you correctly. You said if I didn't do something about this, you couldn't. And uh, Jesus said, yes, I couldn't do something about it. Why? He's given us the authority to do that. I'll prove that to you in just a minute. All right. Numbers 27, verse 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, who's talking? The Lord. All right. Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit... And lay your hand upon him and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight or a commission. And you shall put some of your honor, other translations say authority, upon him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. See, God was about to transfer power from Moses to Joshua. Moses was about to uh, 
transition to another location. Okay? He didn't cease to exist. He was just changing locations. Right? And so now God was putting Joshua, and anytime God puts a person in a position, he gives them the authority to operate in that position. Okay? So God is telling Moses to give Joshua some of his authority so that the people will be obedient. Alright? Verse 21. He shall stand before Eliezer the priest, who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of the Urim before the Lord, and his word... At his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. That's pretty powerful. At, at his word they're going to go, at his word they're going to come. Pretty powerful. That's authority. Right? And Moses did as the Lord suggested him. Was it a suggestion? Okay, I was just seeing if you're awake. Right? As he commanded him. And he took Joshua and set him before the elders of the priests and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. All right, go to Matthew. Go to Matthew ten. Matthew ten. We've got to walk in our authority as believers in Christ Jesus. Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him. Did you know that your authority comes from God? It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? You all have been called to him. Yeah, I've been called. You're called into fellowship with him. You're called to serve him. You're called to be part of his family. His 12 disciples, he gave them power against what? What did he give them power against? Unclean spirits. That means spirits that are wicked, spirits that are perverted, spirits that go against the word of God. Who did he give power? His disciples. Us. Say, I have the power. Uh, 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 uh. I've got the power. What are you supposed to do when you encounter unclean spirits? To cast them out. We got to be casters, outers of evil spirits, unclean spirits, spirits that don't represent God. If you encounter one, you have been authorized to deal with it. And to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Did you know that God authorized you to heal? Everybody hold up, these, hold up your hands. Say, hey, these are holy hands. And when I lay these hands on anyone who's sick, they recover in Jesus' name. God's authorized you. So let's lay our hands on sickness before we lay our hands on bear. Aspirin. You can, you can lay your hands on bare aspirin too after you lay your hands on the sick. Amen? Pray first and then take medication next. Amen? <laughs> Unless it's an emergency. <laughs> Alright, go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10.
Luke 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed another 70. So, this is in addition to the 12. Okay? Now he's got 82 employees. Not to mention all the women who are following him and supporting him and all that stuff. Amen? After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and every place where he himself would come. This is what Billy Graham did. When he was going to do a crusade in a city, he would set up two years before or sometime before. He would set up offices in that city and they would start recruiting with local churches. That's why he had such great success on his crusades. Amen. These 70 were going to go into places preparing the way for Jesus to get there. All right. They were authorized. Okay. Therefore, he said unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. How many are willing to be a laborer that someone is praying for? Did you know that you might be the laborer that someone prayed for? But you got to know your authority. You got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You got to know what he's given you. You got to know the authority of the name of Jesus. All right, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Woo! When you got authority, a lamb can whoop a wolf. Come on. He said, carry neither purse nor script nor shoes. Don't salute any man on the way. Whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. And if not, it shall turn to you again. That's authority. You control the atmosphere of peace. If someone doesn't want to receive you, you take your peace with you. Amen? And uh, go down to verse 9. Uh, heal the sick that are there. Everybody say, heal the sick. And uh, say to them, the kingdom of God is near unto you. But unto whatsoever city you enter, and if they receive you not, go your way. Should you go your way complaining, murmuring, and crying? No, you just go your way. Why? They didn't want to receive the message, so you just go to someone else who will. Okay? And uh, shake the dust off your feet, okay? Uh, go down to verse 19. All right? Oh, no, verse 17. Verse 17. And the 70 returned again sorrowful. No? They returned again with joy. You know, there's a joy in exercising your authority. Amen? Okay. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are what? Subject to who? To us. They're subject to us. Why? Because we've been authorized to have authority over them. God gave you authority and power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He says this later. I should have just read it. Alright? Now, they rejoice that the devils are subject to them through your name. 
It's not in their own strength or their own power, but it's in association with the name of Jesus. And if you're going to exercise the name, you've got to live by the name. You, you didn't hear me. If you're going to exercise authority in the name, you've got to live for the name. Everything that the name stands for, you've got to live for. You can't be living wickedly and exercise authority in the name of Jesus. Amen? All right. Behold, I saw Satan fall from heaven. Don't worry that, listen, Jesus saw Satan fall from heaven. He, he got kicked out. Jesus witnessed his kicking out. He witnessed the loser being thrust to earth like lightning. Notwithstanding, or no, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How much power do you have over the enemy? All the power. The enemy can't mess with you unless you let him. And uh, nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen? Now I want you to go to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis 41 and I want to talk to you about someone who understood his authority and how his authority worked to fulfill God's purpose. And it couldn't be stopped. Okay? Genesis 41, starting with verse 38. Genesis 41, 38. Okay, Pharaoh had these dreams, right? No one in Egypt could interpret the dreams except someone who was in prison. <laughs> Think about that now. God put the authority of someone to solve the problem, but at this time he was in prison. Okay? And so they brought him out, he interpreted the dream, and now he's about to get uh, into the position of authority that he saw himself 13 years ago. Okay? And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this? is a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Authority comes from God. Alright? you got to understand that. To have authority, you got to be connected to authority. Did you know that you're connected to people in high places? God actually made you sit together with Him in heavenly places. Say, I'm well connected. Okay? Hold your place here in Genesis. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13. God's going to show us how authority works through the life of Joseph. Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Say authority and power come from God. Alright? Have people misused their authority? Yes. It's called abuse of power. It's called using your authority to benefit yourself and not to serve others. And there's consequences for that. Alright? Yes, people do misuse authority. Not everybody does, but some do. Amen? Alright? So, Pharaoh was a heathen. He 
was a sun worshiper. He was a moon worshiper. He was a star worshiper. And he's recognizing that the Spirit of God is in Joseph. He's recognizing something that was distinct, different, and distinguished about him. Same thing Potiphar saw, all right, in his work. All right? So, authority comes from God. Joseph honored, respected, reverenced authority by serving with diligence and excellence. Was this the first thing that God did for Joseph? All through his life, Joseph was a faithful servant of God. When he experienced the worst of things happening to him, he rose with the greatest service. He was betrayed by his brothers and thrown into a pit and sold in slavery. We know he didn't complain, murmur, or grumble because God was with him. He, he lived a life of serving. He did what his father told him to do. And when he became, when he got to Egypt as a slave, he exercised the best work in the best way and produced the best results recognized by heathens, Potiphar. He lived a life of serving God. If you want to exercise authority, start serving people. Amen? Start putting people above yourself, and God will authorize you for bigger things. Right? What did he say to people who are faithful and little? I'll make you ruler over much. A ruler is one that has authority. Amen? If you want to increase in authority, increase in service. I don't get too many amens on that, but it's true anyway. So, Joseph demonstrated his best in whatever situation he was in. Whether it was the pit, whether it was Potiphar's house, or whether it was the prison, you can read the story. We don't have time to go there. Okay? Unfaithfulness denotes and diminishes authority. Unfaithfulness uh, demotes, I'm sorry, I said denote, demotes and diminishes authority. All right? Think about this. Daniel was faithful. And what did he do? He rose in authority. Right? Joshua was faithful. He faithfully served Moses, didn't he? He was just focused on serving Moses. He didn't have ambitions. Maybe he did. The Bible doesn't say. But then who did, he, who did God pick to be the ruler? The greatest servant. Right? Moses, Joshua. David was faithful to his father and to God. Go deliver this. Okay, I'll do it. Take care of the sheep. Okay, I'll do it. Do that. I'll do it. David was, even when he served Saul, Jonathan testified to how good David was. He, he always represented Israel well. He defeated Israel's enemies. He won battles for him. He got goods for him. David was faithful. Did he make mistakes? Oh yeah, he made mistakes. Alright? Nehemiah was faithful in his calling and cause and God. He was faithful to leave a good position in the palace and go build a wall. He was a cupbearer going before the king. That's a good gig. You're going to trade the cup in for a, a hammer and a whatever you spread the cement with. I don't know what it's called. A what? Yeah, a grout. Whatever. That's it. <laughs> you can tell I built a lot of walls. <laughs> Esther was faithful to God, to Mordecai, and her people. Did you know that Esther was an orphan? 
Her parents died and someone was, who was a distant relative was taking care of her. And she became queen because she was faithful. He got into a position of authority so that God could save his people. You know, God needs people in authority so that he can save his people. Why? If a, if a believer is not in authority, then someone else is. Amen? Oh, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. Yes, it does. Because whoever's in that position exercises authority. And they're going to do right or wickedness. I'm not going to authorize someone to kill babies. Or to promote an ungodly lifestyle. No. Ruth was faithful to Naomi. And what happened? She met Boaz. She became, a Moabitess became part of the godly family line. Jesus was faithful in all things. And look at the authority that he had. Are, are you getting the picture? Faithfulness increases authority. Unfaithfulness decreases authority. If you're not faithful to the things of God, it's going to be a hard time casting out the sickness or the demon that's messing with you. All right, moving on back to the story of Joseph. All right, verse 39. Verse 39. Okay, so authority comes from God. He recognized it by the Spirit of God that was in Joseph. Okay, verse 39. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed you all this, there is none so discreet and wise as you are. God shows and reveals things to those in authority. He shows and reveals things to those in authority. The Amplified said he had a discerning, he was discerning, clear-headed, and wise. He was the only one in Egypt that could see the solution. No other person in the entire country could see what Joseph saw. And no one had any good ideas. Those under a divine authority have divine insights. Those under divine... How did Moses know how to build the tabernacle? Because he saw it in heaven. God gave him a tour for 40 days while he was on Mount Sinai. And he came back glowing. You can't tell me he didn't go to heaven. I mean, he was lit up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) Amen? When you spend... That much time just in the presence of God, I'm telling you, it's going to affect you. Amen? God gives his children gifts, and he authorizes you to use your gifts for his good. How many are grateful for the gifts that God's given you? Then we need to be using them for him. Amen? Don't take your gift and bury it in the sand. You're not an ostrich. They're known for burying their head in the sand. Get your head out of the sand. Get your gift out of the sand and put it on display for the body to see, for the body to benefit from. Amen? God gave us gifts and authority to use those gifts. God's equipped you to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it. God placed one man, Joseph, in Egypt with the skill set to solve the problem facing them. Only one man had the skill set because only one man had the Spirit of God in him. A minority. Joseph didn't have any prayer partners. 
Matter of fact, the people that he helped forgot about him. He spent 13 years in Egypt. 13 years. And most of that time, he was in prison. But yet, he still used his gifts. Why? Because he held on to the dream that God originally gave him. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he held on to it. And he said, I'm going to be faithful to God, whether I'm in the pit, whether I'm in the prison. It doesn't matter where I am. I am going to be faithful to God. Say, I am going to be faithful to God, no matter where I am. No matter what's happening in the world, you be faithful to God. No matter what's going on, you be faithful to God. You are responsible for you. You be faithful in the little things. Authority takes what God reveals and ministers it to others. Authority takes what God reveals and ministers it to others. Authority makes you fit or divinely qualified for God's business. Did you know that God made you qualified to be a partaker of his divine nature? Hallelujah. Those whom God authorizes in, he works in, he works with, and he works through. God was glorified through the authority that was given to Joseph. Amen? Alright? So at this time, Joseph was age 30. By the way, what, how old was Jesus when he started his ministry? 30. Amen? And uh, this was also the same age that a priest starts serving in the temple. You read Numbers 4, ages 30 to 50. They, they could serve as, they could, you could retire at 50. How many want to retire at 50? Amen? You can. Say, I can. I say, I'm not, I, I don't have a limit. Come on, say, I don't have a limit at when I need to retire. I can retire when I want to. Come on, some of you don't believe that. You've got to say it. Say, I can retire. When I want to. How can you do that? When you sow, God will make it grow. He'll give you more than what you could have ever earned. Amen? I'm going to have to have a sign that says, Amen. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Verse 40. God showed me all this about Joseph, about authority. You shall be over my house. And according to your word, shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. God, Pharaoh gave Joseph a charge. He appointed him. He assigned him. Authority has responsibility. Amen? And if you don't take on your responsibility, you'll lose your authority. Did you know that Satan was stripped of his authority to be an angel? He was stripped of his anointing that went with being an angel. Do you know he's no longer an angel? He's a deceiver. He's the father of lies. He's the destroyer. 
He's the accuser of the brethren. No description of the Bible equates him with an angel. Because he lost that. Being put in charge of something is a recognition of your gifts, talents, and abilities. Did you know that your authority affects others? Whether or not you exercise your authority, it will affect others. Authority directs a group. David had some mighty men who when they came to him, they were in debt, they were distraught and in despair, but they became mighty men. How did they become mighty men? Because they were under the authority of David, who was under the authority of God. Amen? Others look to and rely on the authority over them. Right? Everybody, all the people of Egypt were going to look to Joseph. Pharaoh was looking to Joseph. Everybody was looking to Joseph. Because God had authorized him for such a time. Authority can speak. Joseph was given the authority. He said, at your words, at your words, what you say, people are going to respond to your words. I say, my words are important. My words are powerful. Okay? And uh, he, he could command and decree, all my people shall be governed according to your word. That's pretty powerful. And then Pharaoh said, as far as the throne goes, uh, no, he said, uh, authority generates respect. People are going to reverence, submit to you, and obey you. All right? And every authority is under authority. Pharaoh said, as far as the throne goes, I'm over you. But in everything else, you have the authority. Right? He gave him authority. And uh, it was to deliver a nation. And God was using Joseph to deliver his people. Hey man, isn't God smart? God planted a seed 14 years before it was necessary. And God had planted Joseph in Egypt and he was growing. He was developing. And now when he steps into the authority, he's reaping the harvest. But God had it ready. If you read the Bible, it says God put Joseph in there to save his people. Okay? And uh, you're in charge of an area. Verse 41, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set you over the land of Egypt. Joseph did not have authority in Syria. He did not have authority in another country. He had authority in Egypt. Everybody say in Egypt. Every authority has a scope. Joseph's authority was in all of Egypt. You don't have authority over everything and everybody. I'm going to make, you know, a lady can say, I'm going to make him be my husband. No, you don't have that authority. Amen? You don't have authority over everything and everyone. God's given you a scope of authority. I have been given authority over VCF. And that's my scope. I don't have authority over another church. Or another family. Amen? You have authority to do whatever God says wherever you are. If God puts you in the desert and he says blossom, guess what? You can blossom in that desert. You can thrive. Amen? You You can do whatever God says to do wherever you are. Can you say amen to that? That's awesome. 
It doesn't matter your location as long as you're in obedience. That's the thing. If you're not in obedience, it's not going to work for you. I'll just decide to be, Elijah, I'm going to provide for you there. And Elijah says, no, I'm going to be over here. Hey, God, how come you haven't provided? Because you're not there. If you decide to be somewhere where God tells you not to be, then you're not going to have authority. You voided your authority by being in the wrong place. Are you guys here or have you gone home? Your authority goes where you're sent. Your authority goes. Elijah had authority in the desert. He had authority in Zarephath. Your authority goes where you're sent. Amen? 42. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, put it upon Joseph's hand, arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his... Oh my goodness, Fiona brought this to my attention. I didn't see it until she said it, but I'm so glad she said it. What did Joseph lose when his brothers betrayed him? What did Pharaoh give him? Gave him clothing that represented authority. His authority that his father had given him that had been lost was restored. Just like the prodigal son. He came in rags, but he got a robe. Can you say amen? So, everything that Pharaoh gave Joseph, you are equipped with the tools to exercise authority. A king's ring, official garment, fine linen, and a gold chain. Woo, say, I'm decked out. God loves to deck out his servants. By the way, when Sheba visited Solomon, she fainted at how his servants were dressed. That represents us. We're servants of God. Amen? Okay. What does the ring symbolize? He gave Joseph the ring. It delegated power of the sovereign. It constituted him as prime minister or grand vizier, whatever that is. It was used to sign official documents and conduct official business. He took off his signet ring. By that, Joseph could authorize things to be done to start uh, carrying out God's plan. Say, I have the tools that I need to exercise authority. Okay? What does the clothing mean? The vestures of fine linen. Priests were arrayed in official robes of linen. And in Egypt, no one was allowed to enter with wool. Because I guess they, they didn't really like sheep. We know that because Joseph said, don't tell them you're shepherds because Egyptians hate shepherds, right? I know what they had against wool. But uh, Joseph was given a dress of honor a coat of finely wrought linen or cotton worn only by the highest persons. What does he do with your rags? He removes your rags and gives you a robe of righteousness. He gives you garments of praise. Right now, you have on a robe of righteousness and a garment of praise. Why? You've been authorized to worship and praise God. Okay? What does the gold chain mean? Joseph had some bling. It was a badge of office worn in Egypt by the judge and the prime minister. It was uh, 
It was similar in Persia and Babylon. Remember, Daniel was given what? A gold chain. Put a gold chain around his neck and purple robes. Right? Royal robes. And uh, it indicated his rank and dignity. It indicated his rank and dignity. God has brought you into his kingdom. Amen? He brought you out of darkness and into his light so that you could show forth his glory. It's time that we show forth his glory. Amen? And then, the Bible says that he was given a chariot. Right? He made him ride in the second chariot. Verse 43. The second chariot, God gives you authority to move things and make progress. Right? You can move things into place. You can make A chariot has wheels. The Egyptians were distinguished by their chariots. It was the chariots that chased Moses out of Egypt. They had chariots of war and chariots of royalty. And they were well built. And he was given the second chariot so that he could move things along. Aren't you glad that God makes progress? He's not a static God. He's moving. He's, he's going in and out, here and there, doing this, doing that. God is always moving, and He's moving in our midst today. Amen? And then, uh, verse 45. Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zophnath Paaneah. If that is right, I don't know the, the pronunciation. And he gave to him wife of, to wife Aznath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of Om. Joseph got married to the, to the daughter of the priest of the sun god. They worshiped the sun, and Joseph worshiped the real sun. Alright, listen. His name means, this Panea Zaphaniah, or Panera Zephaniah, it means, in Egypt, preserver of life, the interpreter of the dream, and the proposer of the plan by which the country was saved from famine. This is the name that Pharaoh gave to Joseph, the Egyptian name. This is what it means. So he naturalizes him that his civil status is compared with his official rank. And to be a priest in Egypt was of the highest social class in that country. They had the best, lived in the best, wore the best, drove the best. Amen? And guess what? Oh, you got to get this. God in Revelation said, you are a king and a priest. You've been elevated to the highest class in heaven. You've been given the highest rank in heaven. You are sons and daughters of God. You have been given authority. You have been given power. You have been given grace. You've been given talents, gifts, and abilities. And I put it in you because I've given it to you to exercise my plan. I put you in this place. I put you in this position. I did it for you because I love you. Now all I want you to do, says the Lord, is to take your position and do what I've called you to do. Do it with honor. Do it with boldness. Do it with strength. You can do it. I've enabled you. You can do all things because I'm strengthening you. That's what God did for us. 
We have no authority as sinners. We were disconnected from the Father. But Jesus died and sacrificed himself and paid the price so that you and I could have free access to heaven, free access to God. You can go now before the throne room. You don't have to be a high priest. I tore the veil. I made it accessible to you. You have been given access by the Spirit of God into my very presence, says the Lord. And you have authority. And we've got to exercise our authority. The church has been slack in exercising its authority. The church's voice has been weakened in the past. But we're rising up, amen? The lion is getting ready to shout. Hallelujah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Not the false lion that wants to devour people, but the the lion that is the king of the jungle. we got to make some jungle shake. What happens when the Bible... What happens... The Bible says, what happens when demons hear the name of Jesus? They tremble. Their knees knock. Right? They get... Fear strikes their heart because at the name of Jesus, they have to do whatever comes next. If you say, if a demon is talking and you say in the name of Jesus, hold your peace, that demon can't speak anymore. If a demon is in your presence and you say you got to go, that demon has to go in the name of Jesus. It cannot stay there. It has to obey the name of Jesus. And this is what we've been authorized to do. Amen. To speak the word of God. We've been authorized to pray to the Lord God Almighty. Amen? See, authority commands attention. And then finally, Pharaoh said there's going to be runners saying, they're going to go ahead of Joseph saying, bow the knee, bow the knee. Just like John the Baptist. He was a forerunner sent before the king to say, make way for the king. Amen? He was announcing, he was proclaiming, make way the king. Why? Authority Gets attention. Amen? And this is the authority that we've been given in Jesus Christ. One in authority is set in position. Joseph was over all the land of Egypt. Can you say amen? What has God called you to do? You have the authority, the power, the equipment, the tools. To do it. Amen. There's no more excuses as to why we're not doing what we should do for the Lord. If Satan is interrupting your your progress, you need to take authority over him. You need to rebuke the wind. Everybody say rebuke the wind. Jesus didn't get up and say, wind, could you please stop? Oh, wind, stop. No. He rebuked the wind. That wind was illegal against the word. A rebuke is a strong correction, a public display. And he calmed the wind. He, he, he calmed the sea. I don't care how much the sea rages, you have the ability to calm it. If God told you to go that path. Amen? Say, I can do. What I need to do, 
where I need to do it, how I need to do it, because I'm authorized by Jesus Christ. He's given me authority. He's given me power. He's given me ability. I'm confident in Him. I will take my place. I will execute my position. I will do what needs to be done for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? If God says He wants to do something from you and you're not experiencing provision, you can rebuke the lack. You can drive the lack back. When the lack attacks, drive it back. Amen? Knock it down. Kick it out. Amen? When sickness invades your body, because we live in a fallen world, there is sickness and death in this world, and our bodies are susceptible, our physical fleshly bodies are susceptible, you have authority to drive sickness out. Why? Because you have a healer who resides in your house. You have a healer who bought your house. You have his blood that purifies your house. So we don't accept it as a welcome guest. It is an invader. It is unwelcome. And we've got to kick sickness out in the name of Jesus. Amen? Wow, we have that authority. Did not the disciples get people healed? I mean, some of them were trying to get under Peter's shadow. We have the authority. Oh, I'm just going to wait for God on God's timing. God doesn't wear a watch. God's eternal. He's waiting for you to step up in faith. You want to you wanna make some... Listen, the woman with the issue of blood made that happen. Where was Jesus going? He was going to Jairus' house. He wasn't even thinking about the woman. Matter of fact, he didn't even know the woman t- touched him. Right? Who touched me? That means you didn't know who touched you. She made it happen. Say, she made it happen. What are you going to make happen? We don't just sit and let things happen. We got to make things happen. How many have ever made chocolate milk? With the Hershey syrup. I mean. When you squeeze that chocolate into that milk, does it just automatically become chocolate? Why? You got, the, you got the chocolate, you got the milk. How come when you pour chocolate in the milk, there's not a chain reaction? What do you got to do? You got you to get in that milk and you got to stir it up. You got to make that chocolate mix with that milk. Sometimes as believers, we got to make the milk mix with the chocolate. We're waiting for the chocolate to do its job when it's our job to stick the spoon in it and stir it using our authority over that chocolate milk. You take your authority and you stir Right? The spoon is your scepter. Right? And when you put it to your lips, that's the reward. Chocolate milk comes from brown cows who eat green grass. No, just kidding. (laughs) People who are in authority don't complain. Oh, now you're hitting on my last nerve there, Pastor. That's okay. People in authority don't complain. They say, we are well able to do whatever needs to be done. Come on. Amen? Hallelujah. 
Who is here that is sick in your body? If you're sick in your body, I want you to stand up. What happens when sickness meets healing? Which is going to triumph? Healing. I want you guys that are sick to raise your hands. And I want you to say with me, to Heavenly Father, you have provided me a health and wholeness plan. It's been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And I receive my healing that you've given to me right now in the name of Jesus. I am healed. Body, I call you whole in Jesus' name. And I release my authority to heal the sick that Jesus gave to me. I receive my complete and total healing in Jesus' name. I'm healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. My health is restored. My strength is renewed. My body is fixed. I'm good to go. In the name of Jesus. Now shout about that. Celebrate that. Maybe there's some here today. You feel like you're facing an insurmountable obstacle. You know what you need to do. You know what needs to happen. But something, a storm arose in your path that has gotten you off course. And you can get back on course right now. Amen. You can just make a minor adjustment to get back on course. Is there anyone that, that who, who feels like that in your life? You're up against insurmountable odds. You feel like it's too big. It's okay, be honest, because we're not going to stay there. We're not going to camp there. For this one, I want you to come up front. And just line yourselves up here. You guys are the sling holders. And in your possession is a rock. And you're going to knock that giant out of your way. My love, would you come please? In the name of Jesus. Are you guys ready to slay the Goliath? You ready to so utterly defeat the enemy that... Victory is, not, is the only thing that's left. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now, Lord, that you have trained her hands for war. And you're releasing the spiritual arsenal against the enemy and the foe and the challenge that she's facing in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you're giving her strength right now and a strategy to defeat this giant in the name of Jesus. No giant is undefeatable. 
No giant can stand in your way. You are a giant killer. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. That's you. You're a winner. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we give you thanks and praise for your supernatural strength that causes us to overcome in the name of Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Father, for the supernatural push of the Holy Spirit to push her through, to break through in the name of Jesus. To cross the Jordan. All you need to cross the Jordan is to dip your foot in the water. And the moment the foot was dipped in the water, the water stopped and they walked on dry ground. You're coming across the Jordan in the name of Jesus. There have been so many... Enemies that have tried to take you out and they are unsuccessful. Because you're still here. I remember the moment that we prayed for you and God delivered you and set you free and set you into this place. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that just as Joshua defeated all those kings, Lord, that they will defeat Every enemy that comes against them, every stronghold that is before them, every mountain must be removed in the name of Jesus. And the path must be made clear supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Father, let your anointing of the Holy Ghost come on them right now in the name of Jesus. Give them the wisdom. Give them the words. Show them the way. Show them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Give them the divine strategy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I want us all to stand. And Heavenly Father, we stand before you this morning as citizens of the United States of America. And Lord, we intercede for our nation. Lord, you establish this nation on principles of your truth, of the Bible. Lord, those who came up with the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution, Lord, you gave them insight, you gave them foresight. And Lord, we are not turning our Constitution over to anyone. But Lord, our Constitution will prevail in the name of Jesus. And Lord, this country will become, will be the... Under one, one, one God in the name of Jesus. We're driving out the darkness of this nation in the name of Jesus. The darkness, the corruption, the wickedness, the evil. We're stopping the enemy's plans. We are the front line to stop him from stealing, killing, and destroying so that God's abundant life can come in the United States of America in the name of Jesus. We come against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. We 
stand our ground. We will not back down. And we say, get your hands, devil, off of this nation, off of our government, off of our cities, in the name of Jesus. And I pray that every wicked and evil heart, it either be changed or it be removed in the name of Jesus from its place. And I thank you, Father, that you hold the hearts of kings in your hands. And Lord, we're not going to worry. We're not going to be concerned. We're casting our cares about this nation unto you because you care for us. And we're going to do the will of him who sent us no matter what. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to live for God. We're going to live for Jesus. We're going to do what you call us to do. Because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in us is stronger and wiser than he who is in the world. And Lord, we're kicking the giants off of Washington, D.C. in the name of Jesus. The giants that don't belong there. The giants that Caleb kicked off of his mountain because it was promised him in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you shut the mouth of the wicked. In Jesus' name. And you open up the mouth of the righteous. And we pray, Father, that your will is done in the United States of America and in the state in which we're in, in Pennsylvania. Father, raise up some Daniels. Raise up some Josephs. Raise up some Esthers who will risk their lives, who will take their place and take their stand and deliver us from evil in the name of Jesus. the hearts of strong believers who are full of the word, full of the Holy Ghost, and full of the love of God to run for offices, to get involved, and to make changes. And we thank you, Lord, for showing us mercy. Forgive us for allowing prayer to be taken out of schools, allowing babies to be aborted. Allowing, allowing things to go awry. Father, forgive us and show us mercy. Your mercy is new every morning, Lord. And we need your mercy today as a nation, as a country. And Lord, open up the door and give the Word of God free course from the East Coast to the West Coast, from the Canadian border to the Mexican border. In the name of Jesus, let the Word of God be preached and demonstrated and done in every city, every town, every village, every state. In the name of Jesus. Someone said, Amen. As you go this week, I want you to make a conscious effort to walk in your authority. And if you don't know what that is, the Holy Spirit will remind you. You be who God called you to be. You do what God calls you to do. Amen?
God bless you. Have a wonderful, fantastic day.